Phil Spencer talks Xbox hardware, Teams has new notifications, and Windows has a new build. Happy Friday, friends. It has been it has been a really busy week with a really strong end. Uh, Phil Spencer gave a pretty significant interview to Stratechery, strate uh, if I can pronounce that correctly, which we'll talk about here in a second. You can find timestamps down below if you want to jump to specific segments to help you navigate to get the content that you want and or desire. But anyways, uh, we are here. It is Friday. We are plowing towards the launch of, well, uh, the next generation Xbox console. Microsoft has released uh, 20H2 and a whole lot else is going on so let's just dive in this week microsoft announced that teams is finally going to start using the native notifications that are in windows 10 so if you're using windows 10 and you know the flyouts that you get for like mail and calendar teams will eventually start using that it's a little befuddling that has taken this long for that to actually happen but hey next month is better than never i mean windows 10 has been out for what five years uh teams has been out for about three years it's finally happening i don't know why it took so long but here we are uh, Microsoft has also released the next major feature or major update, I should say, for Windows 20H2 or the second half release of Windows 10 for this year. And yeah, there's not a whole lot new. I think the biggest feature that I am personally looking forward to is being able to tab, alt tab through, well, tabs in Edge. That is a big update. Now, all this being said, not everybody is going to be able to get it right now. If you are running 2004, which was the Windows 10 20h1 or the first half release you should be able to go grab it right now but if you're on a previous version you're going to be waiting a little bit longer as microsoft makes sure that it's actually stable and everything else uh fun fact my my main pc that i'm editing this podcast on upstairs still doesn't have uh the first half release or 20h1 for some sort of compatibility reason and i obviously can't get 20h2 but that is aside from the point if you are on linux and you've been saying i want to use edge not that I imagine there's too many people, but I'm sure there are some. Uh, you can now go grab that. Microsoft has released the preview of Edge on Linux. And so that sort of completes the trifecta of putting Edge, or not even, yeah, trifecta, I should say, for desktop, because now you, it runs on Mac, it runs on Windows, it runs on Linux. And that's about all you need. I guess maybe one day they'll release a build for OS2. They're not going to be doing that. That was a joke. Anyways, uh, also, another thing Microsoft is making available is Microsoft Forms for consumers. So you no longer need a business descri description. Subscription, I'm struggling over words. Subscription, uh, to use that feature, that's sort of like a surveying tool. You can gather data, and now anybody can go use it as long as you have some sort of Microsoft 365 account, and you should be good to go. It's a neat little tool. Um, it's relatively easy to use and set up. So if you have a, a need to gather data from friends and family, you can now use forms, uh, which is just sort of a fun thing. Other thing too, I've been wondering about is anybody actually using like the teams for consumer stuff like teams for life. It's been really quiet on that front and I don't, I don't, yeah, I haven't really heard much about it. So there you go. Uh, on to the gaming news. This is where a substantial amount of content has come out from Microsoft this week, which we are going to dive into here first. Uh, first thing up is that they're introducing more touch controls for xCloud, uh, for their cloud gaming titles, if you want to call it. There are 10 more titles now can support on-screen uh, feedback or, or input, which I think is really good. I'm really hoping we see a lot more of this, and I'm still holding out that one day we'll see the Duo, you know, the Surface Duo split-screen 3DS style, uh, but 10 more games, getting those, and so you can go look up those titles, but just know that they are improving that support and they're expanding it, which is a good thing for those people who want to just play on their phone without having to attach all the uh, you know other controllery bits uh, to it. One thing I'm very much looking forward to is Flight Sim VR. 
So Microsoft's Flight Sim title has been a huge hit for the company, and VR is coming soon. Actually, this morning, they announced that they're going to be sending out closed beta emails next week for the PC, which is obviously you just put your headset on, you get your, your, your flight sticks, and you take off and crash into the ground and then vomit because you're going to get nauseated. What? I don't know if all that's going to happen, um, but it is awesome that they're bringing VR support. I think this is going to be a huge feature uh, for Flight Sim and a pretty obvious one, and I'm very happy to see that it's making its way on the PC. Now, the other big sort of interesting thought here is that in some of the, the documentation or under the, under the surface, if you will, of this code, people found references to potentially Scarlet uh, and VR support. It would be very interesting if VR support does come to the Scarlet console. At one point, it was on the agenda. It was actually part of the consideration, but they, they pulled back a little bit after some of the things that happened with connect and, and raising the price and all that stuff i fundamentally believe that the series x especially has the, the horsepower to support a vr headset it's whether or not how and when microsoft will enable that support i'm hoping flight sim again would make a lot of sense uh, on the series x in a vr capacity we'll wait and see it has the horsepower it's up to microsoft to enable the functionality and how they are going to do that and so we just have to sit there and wait and see uh, also being released this week in the gaming world is luna which is amazon's gaming service i gave it a spin you can find a video on this channel other review the tldr is that it technically works i think they have the, the right business model but it's not something you should go pay for um, I, I continue to iterate that cloud streaming games is a great feature, but not a great service. It's good that it's part of Game Pass Ultimate. Um, it's not so good that Amazon is trying to charge me six bucks starting next week for a very small library and a service that works okay, but not exceptionally well. Um, also this week, Halo Master Chief Collection hitting uh, 120 frames per second, or I should say up to 120 frames per second on the Series S and X consoles. Uh, a little bit after launch day, like 10 days or something like that, uh, that patch will go out and you will get that free upgrade and that will make your life just a little bit better and gives you more content to play on your new console that will just take advantage of that underlying horsepower. Now, the big news of the week is Mr. Phil Spencer gave an interview and he was pretty candid, which is something that he has done pretty well over the years. Um, but what he is talking about here is some hardware that they are potentially working on. Now, he didn't come out and explicitly say, hey, we're launching all this stuff, but it's pretty obvious here that they are looking at bringing xCloud to a stick. So you plug this thing into your TV and you can play xCloud right on it with a controller, uh, and, and that would actually be a really good experience. Here's the quote that he says, I think you're going to see lower-priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just plug into their TV and go play via xCloud. Now, there's a couple ways to interpret that statement. It could mean, hey, that Microsoft is just going to build an xCloud stick that you plug in, you get the Xbox UI, you get the, the, the streaming experience, and that's it. Um, there's other ways to interpret it that, hey, they might be working with partners who will build out this functionality, such as, say, Roku. That would be an interesting scenario. Or bringing it to just natively to TVs. Microsoft already has a really good partnership with Samsung. It's not a stretch to see that they would bundle that app natively onto those TVs. So when you open it up, you can just play xCloud cloud um, and now they'd have to figure out the controller aspect but it's not outside the realm of possibility that all that is happening but i think the key thing to bring here is that microsoft is completely aware of putting xcloud on a stick and they are not backing away from it and it looks like they're going down that path keep in mind microsoft has already gone down this path many years ago go look up hobart actually i, I might have been the one who broke the news on that i can't remember but microsoft was working on that streaming stick actually i'm pretty sure i am anyway whatever uh, microsoft was working on a streaming stick called hobart and it never made it to market now it looks like they're going back and learning from some of that stuff and they might be doing that again now that xcloud is or cloud gaming microsoft don't email me um is cloud gaming is now a thing 
going forward. Phil Spencer also says, you could imagine us having something that we would just include with Game Pass subscriptions that give you the ability to stream xCloud games to your televisions and buying the controller. So there you go. That might be something like X, like, like an ultimate. We've heard this before, like a platinum. Well, we've already got Game Pass Ultimate. You can imagine like Game Pass Platinum that comes with some sort of hardware that you just pay that fee and then you just get the hardware and everything else is just included, right? So it's just, again, one subscription and you get um, you, you get all the features and functionality that you need to play xCloud. So it's, it's really, really interesting to see how Microsoft is playing around with the idea of these subscriptions. Now, they could be xCloud related. They could be, you know, they've already got the Xbox All Access, so they've got that. I think we're going to see some serious evolution of Microsoft's uh, software as a service or hardware as a service potential model here as Microsoft looks to expand how they're monetizing the Xbox world. I think Microsoft, and I know I've said this before, but I think Microsoft has the right formula for the Netflix style of, of content um, delivery, right? Luna, which is Amazon service, has the right model to Stadia, I do not believe has the right model where you have to, you can use Stadia for free, but then you have to buy the games through there, but then you can't really take the games outside of Stadia. Microsoft and Luna, or Microsoft and Amazon are approaching it right where you have a library of games, you just pay for access to that library. But Luna has a, a significant less amount of content uh, in there, while xCloud or Microsoft's Cloud Gaming Pass, Cloud Gaming Service and Game Pass have a ton of titles in there. And so Microsoft has the right formula for delivery, for the pricing model, and they've also got a ton of studios that they are snatching up. I realistically, like the more I think about the Bethesda acquisition, while it's great that it's not, you know, Sony buying it from Microsoft's perspective, I think it's more more about um, Amazon and Google not buying these studios to get into their cloud streaming services. I think that's the more aggressive play than keeping it away from Sony because Microsoft, while they are not getting out of the hardware business, I'm not trying to get away from that at all. Their future is absolutely this Game Pass service and they need titles and they need content. And that is a bigger area of investment for Microsoft going forward. There's a lot of questions about, hey, is Microsoft gonna announce more studios soon? Um, they're, they're always looking, like they're always looking for that right intersection of value, of delivery, uh, uh, of um, sort of status in the market and Bethesda fit all that and that's why they snatched them up. And so I think you can't ever really rule all this stuff out. Also things Phil Spencer said, xCloud on iOS, he says it's coming kind of early next year. Um, if you look at how Luna operates on uh, on iOS, which I did in the video, the way it works is you go to a website and then you have to install that website basically as an app, sort of like a PWA-ish style experience to your home screen on iOS. And then what happens is that that app, that you know, quote unquote app, can then connect to Bluetooth devices on your, like a like an Xbox controller. And I think that's exactly the route that Microsoft is gonna be taking with xCloud on iOS. It works, it's not super seamless. I think that's what Phil Spencer was hitting at during the interview is in a, like, like that process works, but it's not fast and fluid if you're familiar with the IE trademarks. Um, so be on the lookout for that. So we're, we're looking at an xCloud on a stick uh, we are looking at a potential higher tier of Game Pass or some sort of Xbox subscription that might include um, xCloud hardware. And so you can get a stick and plug it in. And then we're also looking at iOS, uh, xCloud on iOS early next year. That is a that, that's a lot of information coming out of one single interview and gives us a look at where Microsoft is headed for, uh, well, the next few months. So the question is when, where, and why? Uh, well, we already know potentially when with XCon iOS. We know why. It's just going to be where. Where is this stuff going to start showing up? Um, the other big thing that's still missing from XCloud is on the PC. Now, I don't have... 
like 10 sources telling me this, but my speculation is that we all know that xCloud would run on a PC in a browser. That is something that Luna can do, that Stadia can do. That's, that's not the iteration or the issue. Personally, the reason why I think it may not be happening right now is that it would get confusing. Microsoft is coming out and saying, hey, look, buy our brand new consoles. We have two of them, two of them. We're the most powerful. We're the best value. Oh yeah, you can also play all your games in your browser without this other, with this other service that we're, I think it just really gets confusing that there's there's hardware and then there's a software browser thing and like the parents or somebody who doesn't know what they're buying like they're going to get confused and not know which route to go and so that is why i think microsoft is holding back on uh, cloud gaming specifically on the pc is that it just muddies the water up and it makes their marketing efforts for launching these two new consoles really really difficult and so they're saying look we're just going to push that to a side we're going to launch these consoles and then we will go back and focus on that to get another marketing wave if you will uh for those services i'd love to know what you guys think on that but that is my hunch as to why that is happening and why Microsoft is taking their time. Now, on to the questions of the week, always my favorite part. I always tweet these out on Twitter at BDSams and then they get posted up over on uh, throat.com. And so you can you can join in the party here. So let's just get this refreshing the page, refreshing the page. All right, here we go. Uh, Mad Thinus says, uh, with 20H2, which is the new Windows update, the enabling package for the upgrade from 2002, from 2004 or 2004 to 2002 also throttled. Uh, why? Well, first off, if you're going from 2004 to 20H2, it's being installed more of like a traditional Windows update as opposed to like a like the, the rebooting experience or not. I shouldn't say even rebooting, but like that, you know, the, the full experience of installing a new build. When you go from 2004 to 20H2, it installs like a Windows update. It's really minor in comparison um, why it's being throttled i think microsoft is just just taking their time they've been burned on these things in the past and they don't want to take another pr hit so they're definitely going very very slow uh side choker says hi brad hope you're doing well i hope you are doing well uh da -da -da -da. so my question for the best part of the week is what is the requirement for a game to get on xcloud there's really not a lot of requirements actually microsoft has shown time and time again they walk into a studio and say hey look you want your title on xcloud we've got it working on xcloud now some there are some logistics challenges of getting things on xCloud, primarily licensing. When Microsoft created a lot of these games, especially older titles, they were licensed, you know, the, the content was licensed from the studio to run on their Xbox hardware. And then all of a sudden, Microsoft says, hey, can we stream your game too? And those studios are like, hey, you got to pay for that. Like, that's our property. Um, if you want to stream our content in your service, you got to be paying. And so that is primarily the biggest issue, but the actual streaming aspect um, is, is pretty much known. And then he says, would it be possible to get the new Xbox store on PC? Absolutely, uh, because the Xbox launcher still downloads all the games over the MS store. I think we're going to see some changes there uh, in 2021 uh, is what I've been hearing. Uh, he says, why is Microsoft not making, and this is still a side choker, uh, sort of office apps that combine Outlook, Calendar, OneNote, and Sticky Notes, etc.? They should. There's there's a real weird, there's something going on right now, uh, and I'm still trying to figure out what's happening next year for to the Mail app and to the Calendar app, and some there's supposed to be some changes coming because right now they're still pretty bare bones compared to what with they launched with five years ago and i believe microsoft is going to be pushing some changes up to that one um and then it says i have a weird thing with my surface bud the left one is quieter than the right one that's interesting do you have the same issue or know someone with the same experience full transparency i don't use my surface buds a lot i use them uh, occasionally on meetings and every time there's an update i will fire them up um, i haven't had that specific issue what you might want to check is to make sure that the little rubber silicone tips uh, are actually installed correctly and not blocking one of the, the actual speakers inside of there 
And then an old Amiga user says, how was your experience with your Tesla on your re recent road trip? So I, we took a recent road trip, but unfortunately we didn't take my car because there were, there were two reasons and my wife made a really good point. So right now in Ohio, when you get a temporary tag or a, a new car, they quite literally just print it off on a printer and they tape it on the inside of your window. And it's very hard to see if you have tinted windows of any capacity. And the Tesla, like many modern cars, has tinted rear windows. And so you can't really see that tag. And I have no license plates on my car. And we're thinking like, geez, we're going to drive through Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida. And all of a sudden, we're just going to get nailed by the cops for having that. And that was one. The actual bigger issue is where we were going was just hit by a hurricane. And I was actually a little concerned that some of the electrical areas or electrical charging stations were going to be totally offline because, hey, they just got hit by a hurricane and they were quite literally underwater actually down where we were going we saw some gas stations that were offline and so just for ease of use we took my wife's car um, and it was a quick trip and so our plan is to take it and hopefully in the spring provided the world is okay and that no hurricanes hit where we need to go uh, I was a little bummed out by that because I really wanted to use the autopilot on the highway but we took uh, the gas car uh, EJ Cochran, oh, I'm going to go with Kokorin, something like that. Hey, Brad, in light of Microsoft uh, closing its retail stores and announcing the GameStop deal, GameStop deal and GameStop having over 5,000 re retail locations, is Microsoft looking at returning to retail using GameStop? Absolutely. I think that was a major component of Microsoft saying, look, our retail stores aren't turning a profit. They're not, they're, they're not a great experience. It was part of that Steve Ballmer era of trying to make ever Microsoft into Apple, and it just it didn't work. And so they look at this deal with GameStop and says, hey, they got 5,000 stores. We can get them to push our product. Why not? That's a huge win uh, for Microsoft and honestly for GameStop. Could we see this same way? Uh, retail presence without having to worry about being compared to Apple? No, Microsoft will always be compared to Apple uh, in some capacity or another. And so, yeah, I think this GameStop deal is people shouldn't be sleeping on it. So uh, Easton says, hi, Brad. I was wondering if Microsoft was going to have events or is considering making a single screen Surface phone. Um, so, oh, oh, I said, I was wondering if Microsoft was ever considering making a single screen Surface phone, not events. That's the next question. So, uh, I don't have my Duo with me, but you can imagine taking a Duo, slapping off one of the screens, and then you have a single screen phone and it would just kind of be a thing. I don't think Microsoft wants to go down that route for multiple reasons. One, they did with Lumia's and they bought Nokia and it just didn't work out. Microsoft to enter the phone market or PDA market effectively is what the Surface Duo is. They have to be something different. If they come out with something that's ordinary and everything else, it's like, ah, here's just another phone with a lackluster camera, okay battery life, and running Android. Like, it doesn't stand out. And so with the Duo, they were able to stand out and make a little bit of an impression and generate some noise. I don't think it's going to be a high-volume device. I, I mean, it's relatively expensive compared to, say, like an iPhone 12, but it's not relatively expensive compared to, say, something like a Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. So I think it's priced right. Um, it's just, could Microsoft realistically just generate any love for the product which leads perfectly into the next question from ngc he says any guess on how many duos have been sold so far less than people think um it's it's not a high first off it's only sold in the u.s we're also in the middle of a pandemic microsoft just closed all of their stores not that people are going to retail stores so the only people i think buying the duo are honestly probably enthusiasts uh, or people who have um a, or had a lumia or potentially some corporate clients could i could see potentially snatching one of these things up just because it is a microsoft 365 focused device and that sort of fits into that narrative but i it's too hard to guess um i would i would be shocked if it's sold i i 
under a hundred thousand for sure. Um, I, but that's just like, that's me shooting from the hip. So I, I don't have any insight on that yet. Uh, Eric K says, hi Brad. I'm sure you've heard about that title coming out. That's going to run, uh, 60 frames per set, 60 frames per second on the series S only if you run it at 900 P although it will do 1440 P at 30 Hertz. I uh, think this is anything to worry about. No, um, and not trying to just be like an optimist all the time, but it, it's too early in the life cycle of the console to be like, hey, next gen titles on a, on the Series S can't run at 60 frames per second or higher or something like that because we already know that's not actually accurate. It's going to be up to the developer, especially third party developers, to optimize titles according to how Microsoft wants them to get things to run at a frame rate that you know is above 60 frames or 60 frames or higher, I should say. Uh, it it runs. It's the same CPU, so like it's not. I don't believe it's going to be a horsepower thing. And Microsoft did the, the right downsizing of the GPU to be able to get it to fit to a 1080p narrative. And so I am not personally worried about that. And if anybody is listening to this thing, like, man, I hope it's, I'm, I'm worried about frames per sec, just buy a Series X. I know it's more money, but if you're going to hold this thing for, you know, seven years, something like that, I honestly think that that price jump is worthwhile because you're going to get a better experience over the life cycle of the console and not just, you know, it's not like a new GPUs come out every year. Um, Xbox consoles do not come out every year. Um, something like that. Uh, Rubber Duck says, is there a, is there a console? Is there console streaming? Can we expect uh, someday to have PC streaming or are we meant to use xCloud for that? So, uh, console streaming inside the house, I believe already exists. So I, I'm, I know it existed in beta where you could stream consoles, your, your, your game on your own network. Actually, I think they just updated the iOS app to allow you to stream your own console streaming inside your house. So that feature exists um, on, on the PC. I think it will absolutely include xCloud. I don't even think. I know that it will. It's just, again, scroll back through the podcast uh, and you'll hear me talk about um, why it's not coming out yet. So uh, Dark Clown says, what year is it? I've lost count. It is, uh, according to Eric, uh, it is 2017. That is what he's still writing on his checks. Uh, Thrust Bucket says, what are the chances that Microsoft pulls out a last minute big surprise acquisition? Some rumors say that they might, for example, announce that they've acquired Techland or dropped Dying Light 2 on launch day or something like that. So the acquisitions don't just like drop. I mean, look at the Bethesda one for a perfect example. Microsoft announced that they've acquired it, but they haven't closed it. Like acquisitions take time. You can't just come out and say, hey, we bought this company and everything is good. Uh, Especially large acquisitions where you have to alert shareholders because it's a potentially material amount of dollars, like $7.5 billion for uh, Bethesda, which I think is material, but they, they, they announced it anyways. But that acquisition has not closed. That takes months. So I'm not expecting them to come out on November, number, November 10th and saying, hey, we bought XYZ company for multiple reasons. One, Microsoft wants that day or that time frame to be focused specifically on its consoles. They don't, they don't, it's not noise that, you know, like it's good PR at the end of the day, but they want the con, they want the marketing efforts focused on pushing the consoles, not other Xbox narratives. And so I don't, I don't foresee that happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, acquisitions are so hard to to nail down because you know it's just people talking around a table trying to get aligned and then they go out with it really quick after and those things fall apart for a number of many different reasons and so yeah uh says hi brad do you know if microsoft plans to hold an event uh with the announcements of new games before the launch well they they already announced one it's xbox fan fest i believe uh is coming up here soon where they are going to be talking a lot about their next gen consoles the games and stuff like that uh that you can dive into and closing out the week is mr pki he says closing out with a good one this week since 
all the new Xbox videos seem to be including a lot of Halo Infinite content. Do you think everyone internal uh, to Xbox was surprised that Halo Infinite was not going to launch this year? Or do you think Halo Infinite is going to launch in the near future? I don't think it's going to launch in the near future at all. Um, Halo 343 actually specifically came out and said, hey, we don't even have a launch date uh, at this time. I, I'm working on some stuff maybe maybe next year. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to write a book about um, Xbox and all that. Uh, but there, the the delay of Halo Infinite was significant from a massive marketing perspective. You can look at the, the retail box uh, has Halo Infinite or Halo on it. Um, they had the, the Mountain Dew thing or, or Taco Bell thing that has Halo Infinite somewhat tied in. Um, there's a Nerf Blaster that has Halo Infinite. Like the Microsoft had a massive marketing effort all lined up to launch Halo Infinite with the console and that not happening just has just big ramifications. Is it going to hurt the console long term? I don't think so, um, but it definitely is having a, an awkward marketing impact in the short term in many different levels and you can't ignore that or say that it's not not an issue uh, when they delayed that game so there you go guys as always has been a very packed week there's been a lot going on and um, I'm not expecting any of this to slow down at least not for a couple more weeks as we lead up to well we've got 20h2 rolling out to more people now as we get new teams notifications uh, as Xbox series next-gen launch gets here soon uh, there's still a lot to look forward to and with all of that hit that subscribe button guys and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.